Howdy folks and welcome to episode 45 of the weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. For any new listeners out there, I'm your host Matt Sapala. Guys, this week's special guests share the common goal of bridging the gap between clinical mental health treatment and lifestyle management of mental health plans. That's not the only thing they share. In fact, they share the exact same name. Yep, today we have Christy Lee Squared. First off, we've got Christy Lee Brown, who is the founder of the non-for-profit organization Adventures Over Anxiety, and is a previous guest on the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast way back in episode 10. Alternatively, we've got Christy Lee Lee, who is her right-hand woman and director of operations for Adventures Over Anxiety. Now, Adventures Over Anxiety is a fantastic initiative aiming to help provide people support on their mental health journey through lifestyle choices. The main course of their initiative is monthly hikes aiming to connect like-minded individuals who are battling similar issues and bringing consciousness back to the modern day world. Now, Adventures Over Anxiety isn't aiming to overtake medication or even discredit health professionals. They are simply trying to bridge the gap between the two and offer a service that is easily accessible for the general population. These two have big goals and amazing plans for the future and I have no doubt they'll succeed in this space. Guys, just before I wrap up the intro, just thought it's important to state that anyone who is experiencing symptoms or is currently battling a mental illness, there are support groups out there that are designed to help you through difficult periods like Lifeline and Beyond Blue. So don't be afraid to reach out to those organizations which will have their contact details and links to the website in the show notes. And alternatively, I'm sure both Christie's and myself will be more than happy to help in any way possible. Now that's enough for me, guys. You're probably sick of my voice by now. So enjoy the show. Christy Lee Brown and Christy Lee Lee, welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Was that a bit of a mouthful? Yeah, it was a little bit of a tongue twister to start off. And no, guys, there are two Christy Lees in the room with me. <laughs> guys, it's been a while since we've we've chatted yep. and we've added another Christy, as we know already. What have you guys been up to and how's things been going? Oh, well, we've been um, pretty consistent. We yeah. have seen a pretty big space of growth over the last few months. Um, yeah, we we have really shifted into who we are and, and what we're creating. And um, I've been lucky enough as the founder to have someone really special come on board and join, um, which has made a massive difference for, for how we're operating. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And you guys are doing incredible things. And, and for anyone that doesn't know, guys, these two superhumans are running a non-for-profit, non-for-profit organization. We can now say that officially. <laughs> yes. Um, for, for the mental health space, in particular anxiety, and doing incredible things. Christy, we heard about your upbringing and childhood back in episode 10. Christy Lee Lee. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what life was like for you growing up. Uh, so I grew up in regional Queensland. Um, I had a fairly um, vanilla, I guess, um, upbringing. Um, but I guess for me, with the mental health side of things, is all of my immediate family members have actually had depression or anxiety at some point. Um, so I've been exposed to it, I think, since I was quite young um, and myself um, I was 15 when I first had depression and anxiety so um, for me my childhood was fairly normal um, really you know 
privileged in a sense as well um but i guess it's you know mental health just doesn't discriminate against anyone so um it's been a really interesting journey and seeing other people um try and deal with their own mental health concerns and i guess that's where the alignment fell for me with adventures over anxiety so yeah yeah definitely and you touched on it before it doesn't discriminate that's for sure now before we go deeper into the podcast guys i really want to get your understanding and your definition of what anxiety is to you before we you know dive into the nitty-gritty stuff of adventures of anxiety so christy lee lee you can kick us off uh anxiety for me um it shows up differently for everyone um for myself it almost becomes a force that's greater than myself it's definitely not just you know your your typical work stress um for me it wakes me up in the middle of the night it takes my breath away everything sort of feels like it's incredibly overwhelming um i guess for me and i've already touched on it is it shows up so differently for other people um but for me it shows up in the form of panic attacks um in the middle of the night which is a whole lot of fun (laughs) Um, and yeah, I guess it's that constant <coughs> self-doubt loop or always planning, always planning for the worst. Um, you know, it's always that worst case scenario as soon as you go to make any kind of big life decision. So it's been trying to navigate um, that and also try and bring it down to a level where it's, you know, I'm, it's not waking me up every every night with panic attacks. So yeah, it's been kind of extreme for me in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's it's so interesting because you've got like the definition of anxiety and then you've got how it shows up for so many different people. Um, for me, it is like this wavering, heightened, um, overarching emotion that just takes over from every decision I make. And it's the overanalyzing, why are you doing this? How are you doing this? What does this look like? Um, and the form of the the physical side of things like the uncertainty that the like feeling of your stomach just like being tied in knots and and all you're trying to do is your day-to-day tasks like getting up in the morning or going to work or being around people and it's almost this like um this hypersensitivity to life like everything makes you feel some form of an emotion um and it's generally one that isn't that great to experience but it's definitely if i was to compare to um you know obviously um having a history of depression at the same not in the same space because i do see them operating quite differently in terms of my experiences anxiety is almost this this heightened this super sensitive whereas depression for me was very much a lull and a non-feeling stage of my life um and and you know unfortunately i do think it's something that does sit with you and and stay with you for quite a while um and i i haven't seen that completely evaporate from my life but it's recognized the difference for me um, and being able to make little steps to, to be able to transition between how both of those show up and how to live a, a more fulfilled life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And we were chatting before about how anxiety is often, you know, loosely defined and people were describing their emotions as having anxiety when really it's just their emotions or could be their emotions at the time. And, and I think it's important to get your definition so early in the podcast, just in case some listeners out there are experiencing those symptoms and not really sure how to, you know, define what's happening and, and can really resonate with what we're about to chat about, guys. So before we go any further, how did you two guys cross paths and, and <laughs> you know, how did that sort of eventuate into Adventures Over Anxiety? Uh, so for me, I moved from Queensland, uh, oh gosh, like 
four years ago almost um, now and I it was a really big life change for me moving into state all my family and my group of friends were um, back home and so the really the only opportunity I had to meet people was through work and whilst you meet people at work you don't always like click or connect with them in a personal kind of um, space so it was a really big struggle for me trying to connect with people in my adult life you know you don't just go to the gym and rock up to someone on a treadmill and be like hey do you want to be friends and go get a coffee <laughs> like it's super awkward it's super awkward for me because I'm already awkward as well um, so I stumbled across um, funnily enough actually stumbled across Christie's profile before I even stumbled across Adventures Over Anxiety because she was teaching Pilates in the same area that I'd moved to um, and then I saw her post about this um, amazing community and I was like Oh, this is really interesting like what are they doing how does this work um I sat on the sidelines for a, a while actually like I was really scared to put myself in a space where I didn't know anyone um I'm quite introverted um in my own personal life so the idea of throwing myself out into the middle of nature with a whole bunch of people that I don't know terrified me <laughs> um but eventually I worked the courage up to go to one of those hikes and um, it was nowhere near as scary as I thought it would be. Um, I guess for me, it was, a, it was a space where everyone was there for the exact same reason, which I thought was really incredible. Like everyone's terrified. Everyone's like, doesn't know anyone a lot of the time. So I was like, this is great. Like all these humans are in this vulnerable state like I am. So it's, you know, it takes the pressure off a bit. Um, and so I connected on one of those hikes, a Sherbrooke Falls hike, um, and then just started going along to to more and more hikes as they popped up and yeah that's how I came across this magical human <laughs> <laughs> and um and on the flip side and and how obviously um this the messaging behind what we do is um it's a, it's an intimate messaging like when we talk about mental health as much as um mental health in general is getting spoken about a little bit more it's still a really vulnerable space and um I'm super conscious of that in terms of how we show up and how like we can't um, hold the space for people if we don't know what it feels like to be in that space. Um, so recognizing that Christy had put herself out there and, and come along and really like how much she took away from that um, just showed me like how powerful the messaging was. And um, due to some like changes in life circumstance, I knew I needed support in what this is. And, um, you know, we spoke a little bit about the podcast about how when you do anything alone, you can kind of, I could self-talk myself out. Of, I could, you know, self-talk could send me down a, a rabbit hole of not turning this into something that could have the impact. Um, so I approached her to come on board and, and join and um, she'd come on as, um, you know, the support and our director of operations. And when we registered at a nonprofit, I said to her, how about you you step up big and, and come on as director with me? So now I've got, um, obviously, Christy as a co-director, which is huge because we can both be able to communicate the messaging. And that was the key thing before I brought anyone on or before we welcome anyone into um, the role of holding space for others it's really important for me to that they understand what it means to be in a place where you need someone to hold space for you um otherwise you can come there's so without going off on a tangent but there's so yeah. much involved in that that you can't just be like hey let's go have a chat if you've got if especially for when they're coming along for hikes we need to be prepared that sometimes people don't want to talk it's not just about talking it's just about being there for them um and being knowing what it feels like to be on the other side um so that was really important for me when we come on board so i was super grateful and i feel like our relationship 
relationships just organically grown yeah. and ironically we have exactly the same thing so <laughs> it was like destined I feel yeah. like that's fate that brought us together <laughs> I thought it was a typo when I was yeah. <laughs> we always get like uh so yep and who else and I'm like yeah and Christy and they're like but aren't you Christy like okay yep here we go yeah. I've gotten super comfortable saying my name in the third person yeah. in like the last six months I'm like it's weird but I'm getting used to it definitely some abbreviations that need to be now Christy we spoke about in episode 10 adventures over anxiety and and the amazing things you're doing back there and it's just grown tenfold since then so for people that haven't listened to episode 10 can you just give us a brief overview of what adventures over anxiety is and the main message behind it yeah so we are um officially a non-profit it's exciting i like saying that yes. because it is a new uh, new path that we've gone down um but we are a community group essentially um our that creates a space um, support and realignment practices to be able to bring people together and and give them the support to overcome anxieties of life, uh, whether that's you know navigating uh, a crossroads in your career or figuring out how you're going to um, you know manage day to day finances, as well as as Christy said, like once you leave work and um, like or once you aside from work and school, it's so hard to make friends. So sometimes it can be as simple as being able to to make friends. So we're on a mission to be able to reduce isolation um, through through the greater community. Uh, at the moment, a lot of the work that we do is around is with with women. Um, yeah. But as much as we can open that up to be able to expand our community, that is who is um, who is in contact with us the most. Yeah. I feel like that kind of summarises yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely hit the nail on the head. And what was the catalyst for creating these unique experiences for people that are battling, you know, um, mental illness? Yeah, so I guess the, the way that it come about was... Um, it would have been, it's been almost two years that this idea has been um, in fruition and, and coming about and it's kind of expanded, but um, it started from, I have this book here, I actually brought it with me, but the Sarah Wilson book, First We Make the Beast Beautiful, was the first time that I heard uh, or that I read anxiety, um, the, the description of anxiety put down in a way that I was like, wow, that's actually verbalizing or putting into words what this feeling is. And um, she spoke a lot about nature and the likes of forest bathing and the research, research associated with being out in nature and the fact then sometimes being around strangers and connection can actually give you that little bit of that buffer to step out of that dark place. So maybe not the solve to absolutely everything, but the, the, the little bit of that, um, I guess, leverage, that step up to be able to be on your way to creating a little bit more of a, a, a balanced mental health. Um, and so I kind of put it out there and was like, open invitation, does anyone want to come on a hike with me? And um, I had three beautiful women um, come and say, yep, sure. And I'd never spent more than five minutes with any of them. And I was like, what? If, <laughs> if anyone heard this, if you wrote down this on paper, four women met for the first time, had coffee and went out to the bush together, <laughs> it would sound like a horror movie. But thankfully we were all coming from that place of like, we knew we didn't know each other. There was no clicky environment. They weren't, you know, just a whole group of friends. Um, 
you know, and, and this me being the only one that's rocking up to something where everyone knows each other. So we were already in a vulnerable space and um, we went out and we had an amazing day out in the Yuyangs, which is actually one of our favorite hikes and one we just did <laughs> over the weekend. Um, and I knew from that moment there was something in the space of being out in nature and communicating and connecting with other people that are prepared to be vulnerable I think it it doesn't really matter about what backgrounds they were coming from or what experiences what jobs they had what they did in their spare time it was just a commitment to being vulnerable and um and I decided to to start with monthly hikes um they weren't monthly for a while because life gets in the way sometimes (laughs) and that's been a huge learning curve for me in creating something like this but um yeah we're where we're at now which is but we've progressed (laughs) it's such a magical space though when you do bring those people you know people together who are feeling vulnerable and in that same you know they're in that same boat right there with you and I think for me when I experienced the very first hike I it was a really lonely time in my life I was almost stepping back into that dark hole of depression and anxiety because I just felt so isolated when you move you just you know, it's starting from scratch. So I think the whole idea around bringing people together who are exactly, you know, aligned in that whole experience is it's pure magic when you're stepping into it and you are feeling really lonely. Um, it's just, yeah, it's an amazing space. And it's, take my hat off to Christy, it's an incredible community that she's created. So yeah I love that you know what I find hilarious is you keep saying Christy and you keep saying Christy and like anyone <laughs> listening is probably going to be like which Christy <laughs> KLB yeah KLB. you can refer to me as KLB if it's easier <laughs> and then you can be Christy whatever whatever works but it doesn't matter <laughs> KLB and KLL. Yeah. <laughs> KLL that's a nice one <laughs> KLB you touched on the benefits of nature and you know, getting out in nature and, and experiencing what Mother Nature has to offer and what yeah. this wonderful world has to offer. So why do you think that that's so beneficial for, for conquering mental illness and how has it personally benefited your your personal battles? I think um, it's the mindfulness side. I think mindfulness, meditation, all of those are, are very much... Um, buzzwords um, and we've spoken about it before and that's not to take away from the benefits um, and we are huge advocates on um, on what mindfulness looks like but I think it's also mindfulness in day-to-day um, is totally different to mindfulness mainstream and I think the, the whole component of being in nature is an element of being present in your environment as much as you know we do stop to take the um, the odd beautiful photo of the scenery we're in most of the time when you're out when you're walking when you're experiencing things you're really present of what's going on you're listening to the conversations that you're having whether it's what you ate, about what you ate for dinner last night or it's you know there's some really deep and meaningful conversations that we we have and that we support and workshop with people just organically happen on hikes so I think the whole nature component is is a presence thing it's being able to be like okay cool look what's around look what is here I can feel the breeze I can see the trees moving I can hear the water running I can feel that I'm a bit unstable on my feet when I'm walking because I'm just in my trainers we don't go out in hiking boots we're not that fancy (laughs) 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 hiking boots are not essential Um, but 
it's it's being able to to just be there and then you add in um the connection side of things that comes to it and i think there is you know all of the beautiful oxygen and you could get really right in i mean there's so much research around forest bathing and the fact that grounding like putting taking your shoes off and putting it on the grass and just that connection to something solid and i think there's a huge kind of almost like metaphor in that um and how anxiety can kind of you're almost anxiety is almost searching for that that grounding that foundation that point in your life that's stable um that's like how can i have that security minimizes anxiety so you layer that in and you know there's that that wonderful metaphor of like okay how can we just be still in nature and and have that point that we come back to to help and it almost feels as well like when you are trying to sort of put yourself out there it's that physical feeling too of i'm putting one foot in front of the other it's like that little step up to get out of like a you know like a dark space or just you're in a bit of a funk and i think absolutely it's the mindfulness piece because you're very aware of what's going on around you but it's almost this physical feeling of you know what like this is progress like I'm actually putting one foot in front of the other and I've put myself out here so yeah it's definitely yeah yeah. it takes out the awkwardness as well yeah going on a hike is way less awkward or going on a walk should I say yeah is way less awkward than just meeting someone for the first time yeah. and sitting a coffee across from them like that's the reality we find that people are way more open when they're moving and I think there's a physical component of feeling open feeling a little bit more relaxed rather than the, the barriers that you can put up sitting across from someone um so there's a little bit of of that space as well creating a space is is important in so many different ways it's not just actually going and saying yeah come along to the hike there's there's different things that we kind of take into account to be able to mean that people feel welcomed and calm and and that they are well received when they they come along yeah i love that point and just a little side note here i was walking buddy this morning my little dog i'm sure you guys know i've mentioned him in every single podcast <laughs> so you should <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you say the connection to nature because usually i put in my earphones and, and listen to a podcast and this morning i decided not to just out of chance and, and now we're having this conversation so it's really you know brought up some some emotions and and some positive you know confirmation is the word i'm looking for as to why i chose to do that so yeah now, guys, I want to ask, how has a personal battle with, with your mental illness enabled you to connect with people that are currently going through um, those experiences themselves? And how has that enabled you to, to work more efficiently towards that goal? Okay. Um, we speak so much about this as I feel like it's really important for us to check in, not only about how we're constantly um, experiencing or what our mental health looks like day to day now, present terms, and also past, because um, there is something in when you're in that space, you, you know what it feels like and you're able to communicate that a little bit more efficiently. Um, Bent, I, I know I spoke about um, and in our earlier podcast a little bit around um, mental health, but again, very similar type of age. I feel like when you get to about 15, you you start to – there's so many more thoughts that start to develop and you start to be much more aware of your surroundings. So I feel like there is definitely some form of, of link of when the – your mental health starts to be challenged a little bit more. You start to get your first job. You start to realize what the bigger picture life is like. Um, and I think, you know, growing up from that age, there was there was always the the mental health being a facet of my life. And it, but it wasn't until maybe mid-early 20s that I started to put words onto those feelings. Um, and I think that that's 
that's where the life experience, that's where the journey through mental health enables me to communicate it. Like I think having felt that, know what that um, is experience like, but also then being able to articulate that when I got a little bit older, um, you can recognize patterns, you can understand where people are feeling and you know how to adjust um, your own, I guess, energy for lack of a better term, of how to to balance that out. Mm. Um, I don't know whether that kind of explains it. Yeah, I think it's quite similar for myself. It's being able to articulate what those feelings are when you're talking about it. It it comes through, I think, in our messaging and the way that we communicate with our community. I'm really mindful of the language that we use um, in the same way that I am when I communicate with people who are on hikes or even family members who are going through it. I feel like when you've been in a dark place or a really challenging place and you've experienced um, depression and anxiety you start to really understand what a helpful conversation looks like and what you know like a vanity conversation oh, definitely looks like yeah you know I, I'm really mindful of the way that I speak to people when they're expressing that they are having like an anxiety attack or they're having a really down day it it's not like a lift and shift conversation of trying to be like oh well I can relate to that because of blah 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 it's like yeah. I'm really sorry that you're going through that that's really heavy like how can yeah. I help like what do you need from me I think that's the massive difference actually you've just kind of really articulated the thought process because I think there's a difference between because when we refer to I mean I can only speak for myself but when we refer to being in a dark place like that dark place for me was very much like not being able to get out of bed not wanting to go to work not understanding what my life would look like in the next 10 minutes let alone in the next five years um really isolated really like why what is the point I mean you know there's suicidal thoughts there's you know really scary stuff and and I'm thankfully in a good place and you know but mental health is something that you know it is wavering it's not it's not it's not a one and done solution and that's not to say that um everyone's journey is different but what it says to me is there is a massive difference between the mental health surface level conversation that is going on and that like I love that mental health is getting spoken about so much more But I think when it does get spoken about so much more, it has this spectrum of conversation. And more often than not, it's at the surface level. It's like, okay, cool, like positive mental attitude and like, yep, just get up and go and let's find your purpose. And and all of those things are are great and I do not want to take away from them. But it depends on where you're at in your mental health journey. If you are on the way up, those things are perfect. Like goal setting was massive for me a couple of years ago because I was in a place that it was receptive to it, that was really open to like, okay, now I'm out of the darkness. What does life look like? Yeah. But when you're stuck in that that place and it's real tough and it's real dark and you don't know what tomorrow looks like, if someone said to me, just get up and go or like think positive or, um, you know, like here, have this, this quote for the day, I think it would make me feel worse. And it has made me feel worse. I feel even more inadequate. I feel even more saddened that I'm not at a point where I'm ready for that. And I think it's not, it's just not taking away from there are different conversations that need to happen in mental health. And sometimes that surface level stuff is just enough to pick someone up if they're having a really crappy day, work hasn't gone to plan or they've had to have a really tough conversation and they feel really shit. There's not to take away from the emotional side of things. There's there's sadness, like that's an emotion. There's excitedness. There's anxious and anxiety as an emotion. But then you've got like the, the disorders, like 
depression is a disorder. It's a continued process of feeling an, an immense sadness. Anxiety is a heightened, like really agitated state rather than just one feeling so I think the conversation just wavers in in terms of that and I feel like that having know that knowing that has enabled me to change the conversation based on what people present how they present and how how they're feeling at that particular time absolutely it's so layered and it's so different for every other person but I think understanding just how layered it is does help you adjust the way that you speak to people and sort of understand a little bit more about what they actually need from you during those different kind of stages Yeah, yeah definitely and just on that note as well guys if someone is going through you know uh something mental health illness or just a down day or anything like that you don't really want someone that's going to be there with high and vibrant energy you need to be able to communicate on their level and I think understanding how to communicate to someone that is going through that is such an important skill to have and you guys are doing a great thing by teaching people to not only have the conversation with other people but how to have an effective conversation with people because that's going to target more people on a wider scale so hats off to you both you're doing great things now we've mentioned the word connection we've thrown it around this podcast willy-nilly what is connection to you guys and why is it so important in this space i think connection when you're feeling quite isolated or even quite vulnerable um it's it's honestly i i struggle to find words for it. it it's the one thing that can really lift you out of a funk or i guess restore your faith um, almost in life and human beings again. So um, connection obviously can change depending on what people need. Um, but I think it's just that sense of having like-minded people around you and people who understand what you're going through or can empathise with what you're going through. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just that we're on the same wavelength sort of um I'm struggling to find the word that yeah, I'm Yeah, yeah, I think, I'd like, to follow on from that, I think... Because I've, I, like anything, I'm sure connection has this really powerful definition. But yeah. it, for me, it's like, what, how does connection show up for me? Like when you say, what is connection? How does it show up for me? I think it is a, it's a, an intimate feeling that you are able to listen and understand what the other person is saying, how they're feeling. It's the multi-layered, the body language, the conversations, and then feeling like you're able to give them the, whether it's just the ears, sometimes people just need you to listen and people don't listen as much as they think they do. Um, The amount of conversations that we have had from just being open to listening to other people's viewpoints. Like we had a conversation yesterday on a hike about the difference between Eastern European culture and how you could pick up someone at a bus bus stop and take them home at 4 a.m. in the morning, whereas um, the same person trying to do that here is gets a totally different vibe and and you know like it's just being able to listen like and and understand okay cool like tell me a little bit more around that like i don't know anything about eastern european culture um but being able to to find out more like i learn so much from meeting people and having conversations and like advancing my my viewpoints on life like it's not from a place of like I know best, I've got this privilege, I'm going to just cast my opinions on life. It's like, okay, well, tell me yours. Yeah. That for me is the connection side of things. Tell me why you do the things that you do. Tell yeah. me how do you do that? Why do you do that? 
why does that come about and how can we can how can I learn from you uh, rather than just come in with my own viewpoints yeah I think it's that connection is it can show up in so many different ways but when you think about a mindful conversation that you have with somebody you're not lifting and shifting you're asking questions about what they're actually talking about so I think that that's the environment that we try to cultivate when we go out on hikes and we have events is we really want to make people feel like they're heard um so often when you have a conversation you're like okay she said this what can I say next like what have I got to add to this conversation and it's just a constant kind of ping pong back and forth of points but how often do you actually feel listened to and heard and sometimes you don't even have to talk sometimes you just want to walk with somebody on a hike and you just kind of want to be around people so I think connection shows up in so many different ways but for us yeah we really try and shift it by promoting listening and yep. making sure that people feel heard yeah yeah fantastic I, I love that point um I was through high school I was always drilled into me to be a good listener and like there's ways you can actually listen to someone where you're hearing as background noise and actually really intuitively understanding what they're saying and participating in conversation and making eye t- contact little cues like that make people feel important really feel heard and and that's a, a, a resource that needs to be used more in this space then you guys have been touching on, you know, different sort of layers to pull back for different people. And I know it's often a diff- difficult conversation for people because you could have one person at one end of the spectrum that just needs positive affirmations to get them out of the, the hole. And then there's someone at the other end of the spectrum that's not receptive to any communication whatsoever. So how does a person just, you know, like whether it's a family member, a friend, distinguish between the two and how do they understand how to help that person in that specific time um, for what they need? I wish I had all the answers to that and I I don't but what I could say is that it it does come down to listening I think um some key questions and key is is sometimes like the biggest question that I've been using is how can I support you Mm -hmm. I feel like that sentence is so powerful you won't always get an answer you won't always get what they actually need but if you say that enough times and you reiterate that you are, you are really, really trying to be there and whether it's just a touch point, quite often when they're ready to ask for help, they will reach out to you. They will say what they need, whether it's something really small or something really big. I think also like recognizing that people need to do day-to-day life things. Like if I think about when my my friends or family are in a tough place, if I ask the question, how can I support you? And I don't get too much. Maybe it's, can I take you out for a coffee? Maybe it's, have you cooked dinner tonight? Do you want me to come over for dinner? Like there's so many range of spectrum that you can actually maybe champion a little bit more for knowing day-to-day life like if you know them if you know them well enough it might be easier to do something to that rather than just maybe an acquaintance that you've crossed maybe at the workplace or something like that but you can also recognize things that they normally do if they normally go to the gym a couple of nights a week but they're not going maybe ask them if they want a gym buddy maybe that that reset of routine might be enough to get them back into the a little bit more of a, a a move forward in their mental health journey if you it's someone in the workplace maybe it's hey can i take some work tasks off you today yeah. like do you need to take a longer lunch break you know being able to recognize that sometimes the smallest things can make the biggest difference but if anything i would say like ask the question ask them how yeah. can i support you they might still not say anything but that can be so powerful. Yeah, I think even taking a step back from that as well, if it is someone that you don't know very well, uh, even when you ask people, how are you? How often does everyone turn around and go, yeah, I'm fine, I'm good. 
I think letting people know that you're there for them, even if it is a really difficult time, is really important. So if they say something like, yeah, I'm fine, I think it's nice to say something like, okay, well, if you're fine right now, that's great. But if there's ever, ever anything you want to talk about or if you're not really feeling that great, know that I'm here to talk to you and we can always grab a coffee. Or yeah. It's like taking that step back sometimes as well and just letting people feel like they can open up to you so that when you ask the question of how can I support you, they feel comfortable to be able to answer that in a way you know that is meaningful yeah and I think it's it's probably a little bit more preventive than reactive but not being afraid to share yourself yeah like, absolutely now because um of adventures over anxiety and because I've almost had a declaration of of my mental health journey and and everything um it has opened up a lot of conversations and a lot of people feel more comfortable addressing mental health and like having conversations with me just over coffee whether I've known them for ages or that we've just met because of my own personal declaration of of my experience and how it is and that it's not all like it's not once you get through it out the other side and you can articulate it that it's all happy because it's not and it's still there's still really tough times for me I just am now in a place where I know what to ask for but you might not be there yet and that's okay but um just being able to, if you're on the other side asking the question just share a little bit about what's going on for you maybe it's yeah. not mental health maybe it's just oh yeah work's really full-on what does full-on look like like yeah. why is work full-on how can you share with them what busy looks like because otherwise they're just going to exactly like the yeah i'm fine conversation it's just a general throwaway comment and they might not then feel comfort comfortable reciprocating that or sharing what's actually happening with yeah. them vulnerability is such an important attribute I think especially in the space that we operate in and I think from any point of wanting to help someone I think being vulnerable yourself really allows people to open up themselves it makes it feel like a safe space yeah definitely definitely excellent guys you've actually nailed my next question which was about <laughs> vulnerability and just touching on the the um, conversation we just had before it's it's important for the person asking the questions to ask open-ended questions that are not just going to be yeah I'm fine or like I'm good, how are you? Like, ask open-ended questions like, what did you do yesterday? You know, like, things like that that you can really dig deeper and vulnerability from the other end. Not Don't be afraid to share and don't be afraid to have that conversation because it's, you know, it's not looked down upon to be able to talk about that. It's actually the opposite. It's amazing to be able to talk about, you know, what's going on in your life. And, and I think true friends and, and people that are that are really keen to help you and really care about that will want to have those conversations and don't want to have surface conversations because you know it's what we do from day to day life you see someone oh yeah how are you going you know yeah we want to have deeper conversations with the people we care about and really want to help them now guys i know in this day and age social media and and technology is all around us we're recording this podcast on a computer we've got phones next to us and it's a fantastic resource but i think you know it does contribute to the ongoing um epidemic for lack of a better term with mental illness and and um the role it's playing what role do you think that social media plays in mental health and how can we avoid it or or utilize it to um to spread a positive message uh, for me personally, the experience that I've had with social media over the years has actually largely been quite negative almost, I would say. Um, Instagram especially is basically a highlight reel of people just living their best lives and it puts this added layer of pressure on top of you if you already are quite anxious about you know day-to-day life. 
you know, it's like I'm 28, I don't have a house, I don't have like a, a Mercedes Benz, like I'm not going on like three holidays every year, I don't have a million followers, I don't have abs, like it's just this added layer of everything that you don't have and it's kind of just constantly amplified. Um, I've had a largely positive experience with social media over the last, I would say probably six to 12 months um it's been a very conscious decision around who i follow um who do i follow do i follow people that buy into this highlight real mentality or do i follow people that will talk about the crap days as well as like the really great holidays there needs to be a balance i think of what we're looking at and i think that when you're looking at your phone for like several hours a day whatever you're putting in front of you is going to have some kind of effect on you psychologically so i think it really pays to be conscious of who you're following um, and what their messaging is. Yeah, definitely. I had a huge shift in my relationship with social media, actually, since we last spoke. Um, I, Being in um, service-based industry before, you know, PT, Pilates, those type of things, you um, often you look for that Instagram as a place to connect, and it, it is fantastic for connecting, don't get me wrong. Um but it's the start to connection, it's not the solve. Um, so it was a desire for me to create some kind of profile based on you know what everybody did, the million followers, look what you can achieve, etc. And I just found that almost every decision I was making was for Instagram. And it, it just, it, the moment, I don't even remember the point in time that took me out of that, that place, but I was like, what is this for? Why, why do I want this? what I'm feeling inadequate Mm. for what? Um, So I, you know, was on a path to, you know, chasing the magic number of followers, Mm. you know, you keep, you keep going. And I just went, you know what? No. And I deactivated an Instagram account that I'd spent the last three years working on building a profile that was perfectly curated and, you know, lovely little, you know, um, all of the things from bikini photos to like, look at me and my beautiful dog who is beautiful, but, (laughs) um, and just went, no. And I thought I need to change my relationship. And the only way that I can do that is to completely cut it out of my life so I spent about eight months off Instagram um, and it it changed the way that I looked at it and what I wanted to share I did come back to Instagram because I loved the idea of being able to really share intimately with people that cared about me because I think it's just as much as who you follow but the fact that you want people on your Instagram that actually care about you um, and that means that now I can share updates of my house and I've got a private account and I feel okay sharing that stuff because I know the people that follow me actually care about what I do with my life they care about what I'm up to they're not just following so that they can you know um, pay me out behind my back or you know, or, or show, send a group text with like, what's going on here? Or, or that I feel like I need to uphold this standard of, of who I am. It's just like, well, this is me. Like you choose to follow me and I choose to follow who I want. Um, and, and that's made a massive difference. That doesn't mean though, even though that I've changed it, that it's a solve. Like I have to catch myself. I have to set barriers. I have to, you know, limit my my time on there and, you know, not go out for dinner and have my phone on the table. Like, how can I change the habits that yeah. everyone else is in, which is hard enough in itself. You go anywhere and it's just what people do. Um, so I think that's, you know, going against the grain a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, not sharing everything that you do and 
you know, because it's so easy to get into that space of like, this is beautiful. But people didn't go on holidays before to, to put it on the gram. They just yeah. went on holidays to see the beautiful places. <laughs> yeah. Like now you don't need to travel as much because you can just Google the hashtag of like where you're going and you've just seen all of the, the bucket list <laughs> items. But um, I think it's just consciously and continued. Whenever you do something that is against what everyone else is doing, you, it's a conscious effort. It's not... Mm. You, I think it's a, a reoccurring effort. It's not just a one and done. It's definitely recurring. I think that my habits have changed as well um, when it comes to what I post. And as opposed to, you know, sharing something that's like a nice, really lighthearted caption where it's like, this was such a great day. I'll actually share if it wasn't a great day. It, it, I think it is so important that there are people and voices out there, especially for younger women or even younger generations that are actually fighting against that highlight reel mentality. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a conscious, it's a definitely a conscious yeah, decision yeah. every time you open up that app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. For sure. I love the word conscious, you know, social media use. I have just recently put all my apps three pages away so now that I physically have to scroll three pages and it gives me that time to think you know is what I'm doing going to benefit me my business the podcast or is it just me just ticking time away scrolling through Instagram so that's a tip that I think worked for me and and everyone has their own little tips and tricks but definitely if you can have the time to think about what you're doing before scrolling and tapping into the Instagram because you know you go through rabbit holes and you end up 45 minutes later still scrolling and looking I would even do like just a, a social media audit like even if you did one like you just had one thing a day that you looked at like does this person this post this space make me feel good yes or no like make it as simple as you can and if it doesn't then cut through like get rid of it like the moment that it doesn't give you a good feeling like I would almost say don't give it a second chance because otherwise that second chance could be it depends on what place you're in if you're in a shitty place and you come there and, and you you look at something that makes you feel even worse what detriment does that have for the rest of your your week, your day, your your mental health in general? So you know, audit audit those interactions. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I love it, guys. Now we're getting into some nitty gritty big goals here. Where do you guys see adventures over anxiety in five years time? Five years, wow, that's a long time. That's a long time, <laughs> but it's so crazy because I think back and and you know we adventures over anxiety has been a space for two years. It does not feel like two years. I think because I feel like we've made um, the biggest progression in the last maybe six months. So we still feel like a brand new, um, a brand new space, business, company, whatever yep. label you want to term, community, nonprofit. <laughs> I know. I, I just love that I get to say that now. <laughs> it's um, it, it's uh, it's very exciting. Um. I would like to see, like our whole aim is to be able to to bridge the gap and have the conversation and support the day-to-day, um, I guess, ways of, of managing anxiety, anxieties of life, mental health. And so rather than, so people that are experiencing um, any type of, of mental health, um, I guess, condition, feeling, associated um, stress, that they look to us for a point of resource, whether that's to attend a hike, whether that's um, how to to share with their partner what they're actually feeling, um, whether that's, you know, okay, cool, how do I actually manage 
um, you know, getting up and going when I don't feel like getting up and going? Like, what does that look like? The lifestyle elements and being able to support and mesh in with your your psychology and your clinical side of things and your medication and your mental health plans and all of the current resources that are already there. How can we fill that void of, of the lifestyle component yeah. and bridge the gap so that it's that it's well-rounded because it's all well and good to spend an hour with a psychologist and we like I know myself I'm a huge advocate for talking to people that are experienced in supporting you like I I cannot validate the need for for speaking to someone if you're at that point but it's also that they're not with you every day they're not with you every moment so how can you have something that gives you that gap that bridges that gap Mm. that you feel like you can you can turn to on a day-to-day basis in between those appointments or those meetings or that interaction yeah it'd be great to be the go-to resource for people when they feel like oh okay things are really overwhelming in in my life right now when it comes to my career where can I go oh okay I can go to adventures their website they've got a whole bunch of resources that I can read through yeah big big term I'm just going to throw it out there Go for it <laughs> um I'd love for us and we've spoken about this um today actually we would love to get to a point where we have um, a network that hosts hikes nationally um because obviously I'm really passionate about regional areas it is it's really difficult to find support in a really regional area and I think that there's such a an opportunity to do that in the right way with the right people who understand what it's like to be in that space and are able to communicate our messaging really clearly but able to bring people together that are further away and are feeling the exact same you know exact same way so it's like a big network of of strangers that you can feel connected to yes like that you can call on to be able to hold your hand whether that's metaphorically or physically through the anxieties of life yeah everywhere yeah, over Australia. Expansion. Expansion. <laughs> Absolutely love it. You guys have put that into the universe. Yeah. <laughs> We've declared it now. <laughs> How can we help you, the wider community, reach that goal? I think, um, well, we we are we are online yeah. um, and we are there. We'll, we'll drop some handles and stuff in. But I think that it's, it's recognised. We spoke a little bit about how you can support other people. I think the biggest thing for us is... is the word of mouth side of things because it doesn't people need to understand what we do to know that they're were there they're ready to hold the space for them so if you're listening and you have someone that is going through a tough time or you yourself are unwavering in terms of how you feel about your mental health just you can watch from the sidelines but if you are free come and join us for a hike um we promise to be there with with open arms um i always ask before i hug so don't worry i won't just come and attack you (laughs) um but yeah i think that's the the biggest thing yeah and i think even if you aren't in like the greater melbourne area like dm us reach out to us on email like join the community regardless we want to have more of an online presence and support people where we can if they aren't sort of in our immediate area but i think start the conversation around yeah. mental health and and ask those open-ended questions but actually listen as yeah. well like don't think that you need to band-aid that conversation and say you know onwards and upwards everything happens for a reason whilst the intention there is, is it comes from the right place it's doing more harm than good really so yeah. have the conversation have the tough conversations ask the questions but be there for people yeah i think is the big is the big message we're not going to be able to reach everyone that we you know, want to, yeah, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, helping us is just 
talking or connecting with each other. Yeah, and it's not just about us. It's about the people that you're surrounded by, exactly what you just said. Like if it's not – if you're not in Melbourne and you can't come to a hike and you individually don't need the support necessarily, like think about – actually ask yourself who are the people in your life that you might need to check in on. Like sometimes even just checking in on them is enough to know that they're supported. Like have you not heard from a friend in a while? Like, you know, have they had a change recently? Can you just ask them – if they they need anything or can you just drop in and give them give them a hug like see what they need look within your own um like environment and who you're surrounded by and see if there's anyone there that might need your support you never know unless you ask the question yeah awesome guys and you mentioned before the handles (laughs) chuck them in guys where can we contact you uh you can find us on instagram at, at adventures over anxiety um and our facebook page is also adventures over anxiety yeah and our website is obviously the www.adventuresoveranxiety.com so exciting yeah. i'll have yeah. those in the show notes for you guys for easy access now guys this has been an amazing chat i've learned so much i'm sure my listeners will have you know had a point in here that would have resonated with them and realized that they can you know be there the helping hand for someone that's going through a crisis situation or just having a tough time now just a little bit of fun to end the conversation mm-hmm. summarize yourself for me in one word k double l you can go first <laughs> um, awkward <laughs> I, yeah i am a little bit awkward and all over the place but i'm learning to own that <laughs> and i feel like i can connect with people more when i kind of i'm like yeah this is me <laughs> love it i would say curious yeah yeah curious is probably the the best way to explain I will ask you questions. Yeah. I will I will I will find out more <laughs> <laughs> and I will I will hold space for you, but I will ask you why. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wanna learn. I wanna know You're what's right. in, in your brain. Do you feel like that's, that's a good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me yeah. nodding, I'm like, oh yes, I picked it. <laughs> there you go guys, that's a dynamic duo and adventures of anxiety, doing incredible things and trying to bridge the gap. I love that term that you mentioned throughout the podcast, bridging the gap between the um the the medication and the actual conversation with qualified professionals. So you guys are doing an amazing thing. I've said it before, I've said it again. Keep up the great work. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts, plant-based recipes and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala. And remember, don't settle for anything less than euphoria.